0: What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Tom Quiet. We are back. We are back. We are back. The fucking coronavirus is not going to slow us down. We are still doing the Jam Session podcast. We are hitting it. We are killing it. We are moving forward as we always do. So, that being said, today we have an awesome, awesome, awesome podcast for you. We have Trey Stevenson from right here in Waco. We have Pearl the Girl, our Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. She's all the way from Sydney, Australia. We had an absolutely amazing interview. And then we even have another amazing, amazing cover song coming from another act from Sydney, Australia. And I'm just so excited. I Like, well, let's get into it, guys. Like, there, there's no point in beating around the bush. Let's just do it. Well how
1: was I to know that the dust in my soul Was there for a reason That reason won't show It couldn't be rust It might be gold The sound of my hand's on with the show The prize that already bears my name Just gotta get there first Before it gets claimed We'll call on you when I have the time I promise only you'll wave goodbye Above the water now been a long way down and I'll catch you when the next sunrise, comes back around. I can't just shoot and told you I was stuck in my ways, must have passed the white flag by. Now I'm high above the water now, look at me flying. Now I'm staring at the devil standing in the roses, staring right at me. Where you wanna go, son? Take what you need, but don't weigh yourself down. If you stir up trouble, you know I'll be around. But you better not call me. The money's not right. In the free of the foul, I wanna kiss you goodnight. Take a look around, make yourself at home. Just take a deep breath just fine, high above the water, never think twice. She's so been a long way down. And I'll catch you when the next sunrise comes back around. I guess I should've told you I was stuck in my ways to so pass the white flag by. Now I'm high above the water now, look at me fly. Won't you look at me fly? Well, I'm high above the water And everything twice to be been a long way down And I'll catch you when the next sunrise Comes back around I guess I should've told you I was stuck in my ways Pass the white flag by And I'm high above the water now Look at me fly Yeah, just look at me fly Won't you look at me fly
0: Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified jam session. I am Tom Quiet, your host. We are here live in Waco, Texas, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have Trey Stevenson, born and raised in Waco. Uh, what was the uh, cover song you just that played That song, that was uh, Look At Me Fly by Stoney LaRue. OK. And why'd you uh, choose that song?
2: Actually, so the first time I had ever heard Stoney, um, I was in Nacogdoches going to school out there uh, for college and um, I worked at this little this bar called Benita Creek Hall and Stoney LaRue came and played and that song uh, has always kind of been one of my my
0: favorites that he does that kind of I guess spoke to me so let's start from the beginning and then we'll kind of work our way forward um what got you started in music um originally um my mom had an Alan Jackson CD and uh
2: I loved Alan Jackson as a kid. You know, tried to learn how to play the guitar and it wasn't until I was about 10 years old and my hands got big enough to comfortably play. Um, But at that point I was listening to, you know, ACDC and Metallica and playing Guitar Hero and um, I never really was good at Guitar Hero, but um, playing the regular real guitar, you know, it always was just something that was a comfort zone for me. Um, I'd sit and after school every day for hours and just pick by myself and you know at first it was a hobby now it's it's still a hobby uh, you know i just get to play in front of people now and not to myself in a room by myself
0: and what was it uh, about the guitar that prompted you to pick up the guitar
2: um really it's the uh, you can how you, you can relay your emotion what you're feeling at the time um you know i i think will really show in, in your playing and in how you play a song. Um, probably one of my favorite ins- inspirations as far as what inspired me to actually learn the guitar and play and technique was watching, uh, old video, music videos of, uh, Guns N' Roses and, you know, watching, uh, you know, Slash do the, the Godfather theme song and, um, or watching videos of Eric Clapton and, um, so just those guys put so much emotion through their playing and I always thought it was really cool and i tried to i guess do the same with my playing you know uh and just kind of what i'm feeling is kind of how i'm playing um whether it be something mellow or if i'm you know they're running through some blues licks or something you know you can really just show the audience and make the audience and whoever's listening to you uh, feel what you feel through how you play.
0: Being that you're from Central Texas, do you feel like you were kind of pushed towards doing like red dirt country and country music or was that always something that you...
2: Um, You know, it was kind of, I wasn't, I don't really feel pushed, but it, it just for how i grew up and i grew up around the red dirt and around old nashville country and rock and roll and you know southern rock and um you know the red dirt country music style um kind of speaks to it it fits all of those in its own way you know and so it spoke to me um so it's just kind of what i ended up picking up
0: so we're gonna have you do an original here in a second but um what's kind of your writing process when you get ready to write a song
2: I'll I'll have a random thought and a, a a lyrical progression will pop up pop in my head, you know, randomly throughout the day. I could just be doing anything and I'll write it down and I'll go home and uh you know and I'll I'll kinda sit and try to expand on what I thought of the the that those lyrics and then try to make a verse and then I'll try to come up with some sort of you know, what I wanna do with the guitar with that verse, you know, and then uh just kinda build off of it and I've had some songs that just come to me like that and the other ones it's taken takes me months and I'll, I'll stop writing it and months will go by and I'll, I'll think of something and I'm like, man, that could fit perfectly in that song I started writing, you know, last year. And so yeah, it's just, uh, really, I just write my, my random thoughts down and then I'm like, Oh, I can turn that to a song or try to at least. <laughs> nice. Um, so what song, what originally are you going to play for us first? Um, this one's called white picket fence. It's kind of got the a real waltzy feel to it. And, uh, I wrote this one probably almost six years ago. I wrote this one, and uh, it's always just been one that I've loved because of the the melody, the riff that runs through the, throughout the song. Um, you know, and it, it sings about the, you know, your ideal, things you could want in life, you know, nice things, and that if you work hard and you try, try your best, you know, maybe those things are achievable uh, in a sense. Maybe your, your dreams can come true. So this is, White Picket Fence.
1: I want a house on a hill. I'd picket fence, dog in the yard, a girl that won't bitch. A good job to go to and cold beer to drink. To have a life just like that ain't as hard as you think. If you work hard every day and always tell the truth, the good Lord is watching, so mind what you do others the same way that they treat you one day i'll learn your dreams will come true Car to look at in my garage. Brand new Harley with hard bags and tall bars. A fast bone on a trailer with a full tank of gas. To have a life just like that can't be too much to ask. If you work hard every day, you're always telling the truth. The good Lord is watching, so don't mind what you do. Others the same way that they treat you. One day I'll have your dreams will come true. Don't mind what you do. Your others the same way that they dream you. One day all your dreams will come true. I promise one day all your dreams will come true.
0: So, where are you at creatively right now? Are you? work right just strictly writing strictly playing are you working towards an album where are you at creatively well
2: right now i've been you know doing the cover song thing and um you know there are a couple originals in the mix every once in a while but um i'm really wanting to you know i want to start writing more and performing more and get out of doing the covers um i just don't uh i don't want to get trapped in the the cycle of playing just strictly cover songs you know um i'd like to at least get some of my you know the creative process share it share it with people so that's kind of what i'm trying to lean towards maybe here in this this year try to get start trying to transition more over into doing nothing but originals and maybe a couple covers um that's just kind of a slow process you know doing it uh on the side you know after work or on the weekends um hopefully i'll try to get a a few songs together and record something maybe in the next year or so.
0: How do you decide, as you're kind of discovering your creative style and how you're going to write originals and stuff, how do you decide what you're going to write about?
2: Really, I I don't, I like to, um, as far as my writing, in my head, you know, of course I want to write something that is different, you know, to where it's it's not something you sing about much, Um, you know, everybody's, writes about a girl or whatever, you know, and I have those songs too. Um, and I guess it's just kind of whatever, like I said, how I feel at the time, you know, uh, a couple of my songs were just different places in my life. I'd, I could be, you know, working West Texas in the, the oil field or here in Waco and something will pop up and I'll write something about that, that situation that I was in at the time. And, uh, you know so it's just kind of kind of just randomly I, I don't really have a process to it it just kind of comes to me and i'm like oh, all right i'll i write something about that you know and mm-hmm. um and i'll just kind of stick with it
0: do you have like a is the hope one day to build like a band or do you just like doing the solo stuff uh
2: actually i'm I'm kind of i'm i'm slowly working towards piecing a band together um i've got a good buddy of mine um uh young young kid His name's avery woodruff and uh Real good kid, and uh, I've been picking with him lately, and uh, I want to kind of try to do not necessarily a Brooks and Dunn kind of thing, but you know, um, just it's it's yeah, I'd like to you know piece together a band, but you know, and then it's just nice to have somebody else too to jam with, you know. Uh, so I don't know, I'm kind of I'm leaning towards putting a band together. Um, I've kind of got a couple people picked out that I'm I'm trying to get in the works to get them to come play, you know
0: and have you had the opportunity to play outside of waco or are you yeah. primarily
2: yeah um i played actually a, a, few, a couple months ago i got to play at the thirsty armadillos at the stockyards that was kind of cool um i've never i've gone up there to hang out at billy bobs you know um so i've never been at thirsty armadillos until that day and you know, so it was a pretty cool pretty cool uh opportunity to do so you know and then i've i've played out in uh nacogdoches and uh place out in houston um which that was really wasn't a planned show it was just a buddy of mine had his uh, you know his eagles cover band and they do like eagles or they'll sometimes do like a skinner song mm-hmm. and he was like hey man get up here and pick for like 30 minutes i got up there and played and um but yeah most of most of my stuff is here in waco though but i would like to expand and get out of the waco area you know
0: what, what's kind of like as we'll jump back to your writing here really quick uh, as you're kind of writing your originals what who are you drawing influence from uh
2: really my real heavy influence I, I love uh anything old dwight Yoakum does um I like that that blues shuffle that just that boogie feeling that he does them are is easy top you know but yeah a lot of my a lot of my music is really as far as my writing uh especially lately it's been real blues driven you know or uh, like texas shuffle almost like stevie ray vaughn um yeah just i kind of you know i I looked at a lot of different uh genres for inspiration whether it be you know old rockabilly country music like dwight Yoakum or you know southern rock like leonard skyndard or you know um, just blues rock you know stevie ray vaughn or whoever uh lately though that's it's been kind of a, a a Dwight Yoakam kind of feel to my stuff, you know.
0: Um, and then where did the, where does the blues influence come from? Cause it's...
2: My blues influence, um, so, well, oh, they're more rock, but they're extremely blues uh, influence. But ZZ Top, especially mm-hmm. Billy Gibbons, mm-hmm. um, just his, just the way that he plays and just his, um, you know, I, I just, I like that that feel that that bluesy feel that zz top puts out you know and uh really it's it's them i've always been a big zz fan um you know since i was a kid Uh, my dad was a huge ZZ top fan but as far as blues you know it's i I draw real heavy off of uh off of billy gibbons and
0: cool um so we're gonna have you do another original for us uh what song are you getting ready to play this one's called a cajun queen
1: She's about five foot flat, don't take no crap, she's the cutest thing i ever seen. She's real hard working, she's good at cooking, she belongs in a magazine. She's got country roots, she's got Justin boots and Miss Me faded jeans. She knows how to scoot in her dancing boots, she's a red-high Cajun queen. And I said, oh, Hey there, cutie, won't you keep on scooting? But take me with you, please. To make me beg, cause I swear to God that I get down on my knees. But won't you give me a minute, look? Give me a minute, let me show you what I got. I promise I won't let you down, let me show you what I got. She said I do, ain't that idea, we ain't gonna mind you, Course. You can dance with me. Just spin around that pink dance floor. There's no need to beg to me. Won't you give me a minute? Look, give me a minute, let me show you what I got. Promise I won't let you down. Let me show you what I got.
2: short and sweet there on that one <laughs> And what's the uh story behind that one? Oh man I was actually wrote that one um I was out in Nacogdoches you know and Nacogdoches being so close to in Louisiana um you got a lot of uh Cajun women you know go to school out there and um, I, like I said I worked at a dance dance hall at the time and uh there was this girl that I ended up dating her for a couple of years but um uh, you know she was a, a inspiration on that one in a sense a uh real big dancer you know of course that's how we met as i wanted to dance with her uh so i wrote started writing that one and then i actually finished it um finished it out you know a couple of years later because the song originally and i don't really remember how it used to go but it, it was kind of different than that but it still had that that bluesy that boogie to it mm-hmm. you know um, i ended up changing it up just a hair to what it is now
0: Nice would you say you really started to explore your blues when you were out near louisiana
2: yeah um out that way uh i a lot of blues well you know more so it was um i'd already really been um listening to to the blues and the southern rock and um but when i was out that way uh, i kind of listened to a little bit of Zydeco, you know of course but that's really when i was um, a lot of texas country artists because i you know I'd, I'd heard of course i'd heard wade bowen you know being from waco or pat green I'd, i knew who he was and um you know, a couple other artists but out there i got you know got to introduce to like the turnpike troubadours and um you know cody johnson of course uh so out there really it was more of i discovered more texas country music that i really hadn't heard at the mm-hmm. time um whiskey myers was another one uh, yeah. uh you know those guys are awesome um I actually got to meet them out there when I worked at that bar and uh, out there in NAC. And they're another, as far as, you know, musically as an inspiration to me because they're a lot of, they've got that Southern rock feel to them, but, you know.
0: And yeah. what ultimately ended up bringing you back to Waco?
2: Um, I was out there going to school and uh, I finished up this semester and my GPA, I guess, wasn't good enough for me to stay there. So I came back to Waco and I took a, I was, man, I was in Waco for only about, I'd say probably a month. Then I got a job offer to go work out in uh, Kenner, Louisiana, Mm -hmm. working, a refer, doing turnarounds on refineries. Mm -hmm. And, um, eventually I got tired of that, you know, working 84 hour weeks and came back home to Waco and decided to go back to school. And, uh, you know, so I've kind of been here ever since except for Going, you know, working pipeline or something, you know. But, yeah, Waco, I I just came back to Waco, and then just in the time that I'd been gone from Nacogdoches, then briefly in Waco, and then to Houston and Louisiana, working refineries, and then coming back to Waco, the music scene in Waco changed so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it really opened up a lot of doors for people like me um, Mm -hmm. who used to hang out at, you know, local rock venues in Waco, like Art Ambush at the time, I feel like the Texas Red Dirt music, you know, was starting to really thrive in Waco, in the Waco music scene. Um, So it kind of, I was able to start playing open mics and hang out and meet a bunch of other musicians. And I made a lot of good friends that, um, you know, I've known for uh, pretty close to 10 years now. Um, So, yeah, I just, Waco's just always drawn me back in one way or another, I guess you could say, whether it be for the music or just people and all my families here in Waco so yeah. well,
0: and I think the reason that Waco's music scene has really started to pick up the way it has is well being so close to Austin really helps like yeah. the, the explosion of Austin so people that are traveling through whether obviously they're going east to west if they're going from Dallas to Austin
2: yeah you're gonna hit yeah Waco's we're like the center hub of uh I mean central Texas pretty mm-hmm. much and it's It's cool because you've got a, we've got a lot of, you know, music coming out of Austin to Waco, that inspiration, um, you know, uh, different, that different style, uh, like my my good buddy told T Aguilar here in Waco, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got his own style that's just awesome and uh, like Avenue Rage, you know, Mm -hmm. rock and roll. You know, metal and uh so we've got a kind of a good mixture of music here in Waco and it all just kind of it all fits together pretty well um in in the scene Waco's kind of just a hybrid music town in a yeah. sense
0: yeah. and it it also helped that like depending on what your feeling is about the show fixer upper i think that also had a lot to yes. help because like the music scene started to evolve and then they came in and they were bringing all the tourists in mm-hmm. So now you got tourists, and you got a thriving music scene, and it just merges. And it, it
2: brought a lot of venues to Waco too. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I remember I used to be able, you know, picking at Lakeside Tavern or wherever, and then mm-hmm. now you've got all the bars downtown that open back up, or like the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really did help, and it's in a way to have Magnolia, you know, fixer upper, come to Waco. Yeah, um, it opened up a lot of doors for musicians who didn't have very many places to play in the waco area you know
0: mm-hmm. it, i'm sure you've got your old timers that are like no this isn't waco anymore oh yeah but then you got like now you can feel i feel like you could raise families you could raise generations of families here just because of how it is now
2: oh yeah it's nice i mean waco's definitely it's come a long way it's all grown mm-hmm. uh you know uh, i actually graduated from chattlespring high school and uh I remember when china spring wasn't nothing but there was griffs out there and the bushes, chicken you know and yeah. i remember when we first got the sonic and the mcdonald's and then the, the apartments went up out there and all the housing divisions yeah. and it just all blew up so fast yeah and it's a good thing though you yeah know, it needed well, it. it
0: i mean you could still see the the remnants of old waco oh like, yeah no, like even when i go out to down what is it on 19th does it turn into china spring highway
2: yeah yeah and
0: i'll go out there to go to the taco bell to grab breakfast on a saturday morning really quick Mm -hmm. and just driving out there i was like man there's nothing until you hit
2: oh yeah it was all farmland at one point just empty pastures and
0: yep yep but you know that all that history intrigues me and i'd be really interested to see like how the music scene was back 10 15 years ago and i'm sure you could
2: yeah speak. it's that's uh, it was a lot different you know back then i remember everybody i knew that a lot of people that are in the texas and then the country scene especially here in waco a lot of them originated from the texas metal scene mm-hmm. you know i remember going to art ambush or um, i remember the little coffee beatniks downtown okay. you know watching a lot of my buddies play in their metal bands, yeah. and and it's crazy seeing how everybody's evolved and kind of got their own style now. But back then, we were all trying to play, you know, metalcore, and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. But yeah, it was a different scene back then. That is awesome. Uh, this one is uh, "Feathered Indians" by Tyler Childers.
1: My buckle makes impressions on the inside of her thigh. There are little feathered indians where we'd sussle through the night. If I'd known she was religious, then I wouldn't have came stoned to the house of such an angel to fuck up and head back home. West Virginia, smoking spirits on the roof. She said, ain't anybody told you that them things is bad for you. i seen many folks you warned me there's been several people try. But up till now, there ain't been nothing that I couldn't pass on by. Hold me close, my dear. Sing your friends' song i flee in my ear, and I will sing a along, but only tell me how hey, little love runs true, I can always count on you, be there when the bullets fly, I'll run across the river just to hold you tonight. When bullets from the circles it has raised Like them little feathered Indians Calling out the clouds of rain I go running through the thicket I go careless through the thorns Just hold you for a minute Always wave leaves me one more Hold me close, my dear Sing your whispering song something in my ear, and I will sing a song. Oh, honey, tell me how your love runs true. I can always count on you. Be there when the bullets fly. I'll run across the river to hold you tonight. Run across the river this tonight.
0: So, why did you uh, choose that song to cover?
2: Um, I thought it was really cool when I first heard it. Um, Tyler Childers is just such a different, unique artist, and uh, you know, he's got that real old school country feel to him, but it's more modernized. I don't know, it's just it was just a good fresh breath for the music I was listening to, you know, to have somebody like that come on the radio and um actually I first heard him when I was working pipeline, uh, those guys out there they just that's all they played, it was just Tyler nothing but Tyler Childers all day. But oh, wow. I liked that song. Just thought it was beautiful when I heard it. Nice.
0: Now, was there anything that you did differently to kind of make it your own, or did you play it pretty straight up? No, um,
2: with mine, I, I'll, I'll capo a little differently. I usually I'm I'm, I'm playing, um, you know, in, in E flat most mostly. So everything I'm I'm playing is it's either really similar as far as how I'm playing it, but it's just played in a drop tuning, or I'm capoing up, you know, or down, or whatever. I'll just I'll change it up just a little bit, maybe throw a little little extra something in there in the background uh, a little melody that wasn't there before but that one is is pretty
0: straight up okay. almost like the original Perfect. just the keys different yeah um so as we kind of start going building towards the end of this one of the things that we like to do is pass on a little bit of knowledge mm-hmm. to the younger musicians and make sure that the ones the younger musicians that are listening and paying attention to what we're doing that they they get some value out of the podcast so what i want to do is what what advice do you have for younger musicians uh
2: as far as good advice um all i could say is play practice play 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 and uh you know and if you do get up in front of people and play um it always it always you always put on a better show when you show confidence. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you can get to the point where you can be confident to a familiar crowd or to people you don't know, you know, you'll be doing pretty good. But um, my biggest thing is just practice and play. The uh, more, you, more you practice, the more you play, and the more comfortable you get, um, you know, you, you get up there just with with the muscle memory of how you played and close your eyes and pretend nobody's there and put on a hell of a show, you know.
0: What's the worst piece of advice you've ever – received as far as your music goes
2: as far as my music goes um I'm trying to think I've, I've heard a lot of good advice a lot a lot of bad advice too um i would say probably you know always always know always be humble to don't you know i've had i really I, I as far as bad advice goes um i mean of course don't don't drink a lot of fireball when you're trying to put on a show for yeah. people you don't know but no i just just stay humble That's all I can say as far as you know when when you start to put if you you know you, if you have somebody tell you like, man you're awesome and you're badass and you know and let it get let it get to your head and get big headed about it you know um, you may be a great musician but a lot of people are, are a lot of your fellow musicians are going to kind of look at you funny and look at you different when you get big headed like that mm-hmm. so just don't 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 let it go to your head when people tell you you're awesome, you know, just, just stay humble. Nice.
0: And uh, I think ultimately what the takeaway from that is don't forget why you started playing music in the yeah. first place. Cause for most musicians it's because I love it. Yes. So if you ever lose the joy and passion in the music, you know, then maybe it's time to hang up the, yeah, if, hey, if you're just doing it for the paycheck, then maybe it's time to hang up the boots.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, but, you gotta, you got those gigs that will pay good, and you you're gonna enjoy it. You know, and for some, it does become a way to make. That's how they get their income. But you know, you gotta also play. I mean, sometimes you gotta play for just tips, or even just the the play for the opportunity to be able to play at the venue you're at, mm-hmm. um, just to get your foot in the door.
0: What's your upcoming show schedule looking like?
2: Right now, um, I've been kind of slow lately. I mean, I've got a couple. I've got tonight I'm playing 8 to 11 out at Lakeside Tavern. Um, Wednesday, I'm at Lakeside Tavern. Uh, this Thursday, I'm actually going to uh, take over and run the the open mic for Tiffany Valentine. I'm going to run that at Mayberry's Tavern in Lorena. Um is as long as this
0: is that a permanent takeover or just no no time?
2: just for this week okay. um yeah she's got some stuff i think she's got to go work at the melody ranch or somewhere yeah, yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna go up there and set everything up and just let the let whoever wants to come pick pick a little bit you know
0: yes nice.
2: um but and then i've got a couple shows i think i'm playing at the i think I want to say april 20 or may april 24th at the taqueria in china spring and then I'll be out there at Wranglers Entertainment in Hillsboro on March twenty first. Uh, from one to three I'll play. Um I just got a couple of random shows just, you know, coming up.
0: Um, but mainly your are you trying to focus more on writing your originals at this point? Yeah. While uh, keeping your because I know you've mentioned that you had some consistent Games yeah. that come in
2: yeah know i've got my my couple uh consistent shows i've been playing and that that really gives me a chance especially um it's a you know i play out there at lakeside tavern a lot um and i'm very blessed for the opportunity to play out there but that's one of those places that i'm comfortable out there and i've been going there for so long that i can experiment a little bit with my music and kind of try to figure out and i can play an original not worry about the you know, I can get good feedback out of the audience or, or if it's something that needs to be you know, addressed as far as my playing or whatever, they'll let me know. So mm-hmm. at that, I look at that as a t- it's a time to have fun, but it's also a time to um, take criticism and learn and, you know, prepare for the next show. And
0: what, This is kind of a vague question, but we word it vaguely just to kind of see where you'll take it mm-hmm. and give you the freedom to do that. But uh, why music?
2: Why music? Um, I never was good at sports, you know, and music really, uh, that was mainly, I just, I remember in high school, uh, all my friends played, you know, basketball or football or cross country or whatever, and I had some friends that were in the, the you know, high school band, and me, I kind of tried to fit in in all aspects to figure out what I wanted to do, but I never took to sports like a, like most people. Um, I never really hung out with friends after school either. It was just, I felt more comfortable with music and I would sit at the house and I'd play guitar and I'd, I'd play and play and play. And then, um, you know, from get out of school, get home about four o'clock and play till sit there and pick till like 1130 at night every day. And, uh, I just felt more comfortable that way, you know, And I I quit doing, eventually I kind of made the decision to just focus strictly on music, you know, in high school. Um, and I quit the, uh, quit football and i joined the jazz band and nice. which was cool because i started playing the bass in the jazz band which i'd never played the bass before but i told them i could play the bass so that i could you know <laughs> so it. that i had an excuse to play music so nice. at awesome. school um and then just college you know i I took a couple music like theory classes and stuff but yeah i just I, music is it, it just i feel like it fits me better uh it makes me happier than you know watching football or baseball or playing you know either of
0: i feel like in texas it's kind of sacrilegious not to be in football but
2: oh no, yeah no it is no i'll still watch the games you yeah. know but um i always if i had if it was like life and death football and music
0: you know i had to pick like one like or the other it would be
2: music yeah. uh every I mean, time
0: the, the, there's definitely nothing wrong with that is we're gonna have you do one last original okay um what song are you gonna do and what's the story behind it um,
2: this one, uh, it's called Highway. Um, I wrote this. I was out in West Texas working, and um, you know, of course, I was dating a old girl here in Waco. Uh, and I only I only get to see her every few months, you know. So I started writing this song because I started thinking about you know life on the road in general. Whether you're working on the road or you're you mean you even playing music, you're working. But um, it just in any aspect of being on the road, you know, far away from your your family or the people you love and uh this was a, a song I just kind of I put together one day and I I thought it sounded pretty cool because it it does kind of speak to what you're, you know, what a lot of people go through when they're living on the road and they've got somebody at home that's missing them, you know, and you're missing that person. And uh so yeah, but this is this is
1: highway Well, I'm flying down this highway hoping things will just go my way. My baby's crying on the telephone. And she's saying that she's missed me, so I need to get in a hurry. Cause She's going to love me when I get back home. And I know it's been too long since I held my baby tight. I get where I'm going We won't get any sleep tonight So I'm flying down this highway Hoping things will just go my way A lone star flag is waving me back home Doing 90 and a 30 Yeah, I'm just sure in a hurry but Baby's gonna love me when I get back home and I know it's been too long since I held my baby tighter, but I get where I'm going. We won't get any sleep tonight. And I know it's been too long since I held my baby tight. But I get where I'm going, we won't get any sleep tonight. So I'm flying down this highway, hoping things will just go my way. My baby's going to love me when I get back home. And she's saying, and she's missed me So I need to get in a hurry She's gonna love me when I get back home
2: Thank y'all, my name's Trey Stevenson I've enjoyed playing for y'all tonight Y'all can add me on Facebook um, Or just come holler at me at a show you're not,
0: Please excuse us while we pay some bills First off, we want to thank everybody for always supporting us, all the listeners, all the viewers. Um, We definitely wouldn't be where we're at without you guys. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without y'all. But that being said, we also want to thank MXL microphones. They are the exclusive microphones that we use every video, every podcast. It's an MXL microphone. So if you wonder why our quality sounds so great, it's because an MXL microphone gave it to us. If you're interested in checking them out go to MxLmics.com and tell them live and amplified sent you make sure you also follow them on social media facebook and instagram as well that's where you get the latest updates on all the brand new gear and microphones and all the cool stuff they're working on and next up shout out to the liberty the liberty has been a huge supporter of ours for the last probably since we started liberty's been supporting us They've hooked us up with some of the best interviews we've had, some of the biggest names. So we want to thank them by showing them a little bit of love on this one. Uh, Go and check out TheLibertyInc.com. They have some amazing shows coming up, and they update their show calendar weekly with brand new shows. I know they got some amazing acts coming up. And if you want to check out the rest of their shows, make sure you check them out on Facebook or at TheLibertyInc.com. And as always, we would love your support by checking us out on Facebook and all our social media at Live and Amplified. We also accept Cash App donations, so if you feel like you want to just monetarily support us, we'd very much appreciate it. Uh, Hit us up about our Cash App information, but it's Live and Amplified with the little dollar sign deal. And any donations of $10 or more, will get you a heavy metal shout-out right here on the podcast. I hope you all really, really enjoyed that jam session. I had an absolute blast sitting down and chatting with uh, Trey Stevenson there, but... Really enjoyed his music, found out that we're actually neighbors. He lives up the hill a little bit of the ways. So that's really cool. Had an absolute blast. Learning about old Waco, new Waco. Really enjoyed his music, like I said. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um and so now is the time where we kinda transition a little bit into the fan feedback artist of the week. I'm not gonna beat around the bush because this interview is amazing. It's nice, it's long, it's good. We keep the pace going. I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. But um, this fan feedback artist of the week was suggested by a friend of the podcast, Sarah Bernardo, from uh, Dirty Spells. If you haven't heard of them, go check out the band. They play in Sydney, Australia. She's from Canada, but they're based out of Sydney, Australia. But she turned me on to Pearl the Girl, who is our fan feedback artist of the week, and let's just jump into it
1: I saw Pearl the girl performing
0: to a small venue in Sydney a few months ago and the way that she held the room it was like she was playing to thousands of people she's an incredible artist I can't wait for her to blow up and do really good things
3: There's no sugar
0: here with Pearl the girl. You're based out of Sydney. How, how's everything going right now? We just kind of talked about it before we really started rolling. But how's everything going right now with the virus and your well, music and all that stuff?
4: I mean, I think across probably happening across the uh, across the world is that we're taking a big hit in the music scene and freelance. And freelance uh, is not how we (laughs) not um, is not as we know it anymore Um, obviously for the next kind of six months all of my gigs have been cancelled I had a tour that was going to happen in June July in the UK and Europe which has been uh, kind of put on the back burner I'm gonna make a call about a month out from that and see, see what the, how everything is at that point, but I'm not particularly hopeful because I reckon I'll have to cancel it. Um, just investing a lot of my spare time into the stock, stock market right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> There's not I a did. lot else to do really.
0: <laughs> I did the exact same thing, at, I think it was Friday the company I work for has like a stock purchasing plan. So like you could take so much of your uh, paycheck and they'll kind of like invest it for you. And oh, I, was wow. like, I was like, you know what, this is like, I'm sure the stock market's going to f- still continue to fluctuate, but it's already pretty low. So now is a good time or else I was going to have to wait until I think June yeah. or July to get back into their purchasing plan
4: because yeah. they offer
0: it like every three months
4: oh i gotcha so i was well, like you know what I, yeah do it i yeah. um I, this i've just kind of because i i know gosh we're gonna we're gonna go down a very boring topic if we keep mm. talking about our share portfolios <laughs> but <happens>. but um <laughs> But I, I've i just started to take control of my own one and buy and sell my own stocks, which I think is a pretty, pretty, um, I'm pretty proud of myself, to be honest, to be a 23-year-old uh, who's in charge of her own portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I reckon that's something to be positive about.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So... You were selected as our Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. You were not. You were introduced to me by uh, Sarah Bernardo from uh, uh, Dirty Spells.
5: Dirty, Dirty Spells, yeah.
0: And then uh, a couple other people just kind of dropped your name. And so I definitely had to come check you out. We've, we've really been trying to find really good musicians in Australia because I've been wanting to come to Australia for like the last two years or so. And so like it just all the musicians that we keep finding is absolutely amazing. And the fact that it seems like the community is really supportive of each yeah. other, you know, because it, it's like, hey, who do you recommend? Oh, go to the, and then the, they rattle off like 12 names, you know, and it's just absolutely amazing.
4: Yeah, I am. Um... I I have some thoughts on, obviously, we have a really strong local community. Um, I find that there's probably two tiers in Australia because obviously our population is significantly less than America. We kind of have the successful people, the people that are getting paid tens of thousands of dollars to play festivals. And then we have... And then we have the second the second group of people who are the ones kind of the lo- more local scene, which and I, and I find that our local scene is is terribly supportive, and and maybe there might be a little bit of a gap that could be bridged between um, between us and the other and the other end of the spectrum. Um, I f- I find that in America like I have lots of, lots of friends, obviously my, one of my passions is to put, throw gigs and to book all my friends. Right. And mm-hmm. then to draw to work together. I think that's really important and it's important to lift each other. And I think, you know, the benefit of having more people over in America is there is that middle, that middle tier of touring artists and who are, who are, who are supporting themselves solely through music, but maybe not necessarily internationally recognized. Mm-hmm. Um. So Australia is a really um, we have an interesting music industry and I, and I suppose now it's kind of becoming a bit of a, a hard time. I mean I know you probably know that we had really um, intense fires mm-hmm. that wiped out a lot of our a lot of our land and a lot of people's yep. homes and and there's a really good um, speech that one of our politicians made about how you know the the music industry was the first in was the first industry to kind of donate their time and 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 their and their um talents to raising money for for the fires and now we're the first people to take a hit during a global, pande- global pandemic
5: mm-hmm.
4: you know we're the we're the first ones to kind of lose all our jobs and 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 not really have any backup you know no, there there is no backup like you know, and even, even personally, like, and full disclosure, like, I don't, I don't like to tell people this, but I, I do Uber driving on the side. Right. And even yep. now I'm struggling to like, I can't even really, I'm I'm waking up every day and going, Oh, do I go out and risk, you know, being a carrier for a virus, you know, to my mm-hmm. family or something like that. Um, I digress.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, To go back to the, uh, uh, bushfire that was actually one of the things that kind of spawned the idea of well actually th- this is going to be a weird thing to say but it, it was like one of the things that pulled me into the 21st century and gave me the idea of start doing interviews with international artists through Zoom yeah. here because and it's really
4: great that you're doing that I, I I'm honored and, and and you know when I saw your the post that you tagged me and I was like wait this guy's in Texas.
0: Yeah,
3: (laughs) That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, Actually, you kind of scared me for a little bit because I posted it originally on Friday, Friday, my time. And then I didn't hear from you or I didn't like get a response or anything. And I'm like, all right, well, let me message you. And then it was like another day before you, or yeah, I think it was like another day before you responded back. And I'm like, what if she doesn't want to do this? Like, I'm going to feel stupid. (laughs) And then finally, I saw you message my personal page, and then you messaged the main page or vice versa. I was like, okay, cool. We're in the clear. We're good. We're good. Yeah. But, you know, like, this is... I just
4: didn't say it. I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) No, you're fine. It's totally cool. It's just, like, you know, sometimes you never know, I never know how musicians are gonna react. Yeah. Like I've, I've been in situations where they think it's some sort of scam. And then I've been in situations where it's like, oh, this is too good to be true. And it's like, no, it's just an interview, like... What, That's who, cool. Who, who are we hurt like, you know? We have the
4: resources to, to do these things now. So um, it's a pleasure to be
0: involved exactly i am so glad though that you got back to me i'd been i had heard about you from sarah and i'm pretty sure i had seen your name pop up once or twice in the sydney music scene like page group yeah. whatever it is uh, yeah when you released uh, one of your music videos i'm yeah. not sure i'm not sure which one it was been,
4: the last one would have been little
0: Oh, yeah. Little uh, animal.
4: Yeah. Um, thankfully, I'm, I've... Bef- oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, good. Sorry. Yeah. I just got a notification about the internet being bad. Right. Um, uh, thankfully, before all of this happened, all of this chaos happened in the world, I recorded a bunch of new music. Um, so I'm now kind of getting prepared to release some new stuff
0: which is good. Nice. Was the uh, intent of recording all that music, were you working towards an EP or a full album or were you just recording singles?
4: Uh, I was, the idea was to record singles, but it's probably going to be an EP. I think um, I was a little bit, I, I started with an album, which was a bit ambitious and not that it didn't have the, um, in effect that I wanted it to have, but I just feel like in this current climate, like as much as I love listening to bodies of work, people don't really consume bodies of work like they used to. So I think it's best, you know, in order to make the most of every track is to release singles until you kind of build up the momentum and build up the audience and then release an album.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty right on. Um, yeah. So what I was kind of I, when you messaged me to say uh, that we could do this earlier, which by the way, thank you, because I didn't realize you guys didn't go do a uh, daylight savings time. <laughs> and so like I'm, I'm sitting here and I, it was like I just gotten home from work and I was I was just like, oh, I said three but let, or said three your time. And I asked Siri what time it was in Sydney and she told me and I'm like, wait a minute. That would make it oh. 11 p.m. my time, which is fine. I'm totally good with that. But, you know, just in my head. Good for just, you. Because yeah. if
4: someone said to me, like, hey, can you jump on a call at 11 p.m. and do it like, and work? I'd be like, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> well, you know, because like, I, I got to be f- somewhat flexible because I know there's a 16 or 17 hour time difference. Yeah, totally. You, you know, so it's just kind of like whatever i I, i'll deal with it my my job's pretty lax so if i show up a few minutes late because i overslept it's not a huge issue
4: yeah yeah nice i um i think one of the things i try hardest is to keep is to it's funny so when i grew up my parents were like absolutely um you're not going to uni like are you insane like you're you're a musician you know because my parents are both creatives and they're both freelancers and so Mm -hmm. the idea of going to uni was like was completely insane which to most you know which most other people my age wouldn't like (laughs) would not have experienced that kind of conversation with their parents right Mm -hmm. yep um and ever since obviously I, i took on you know i took it on with full speed ahead and was like, yeah, you're right. Sorry. That was stupid. Of course I'm not going to uni, Um, which is, uh, which is college. But, uh, by the way, um, and you, and then, and then nowadays I'm trying so hard to keep my, my work within a nine to five structure Mm (laughs) Yep. <laughs> which is just the complete opposite of, of of what my line of work is supposed to be, but it's just trying to create barriers and create structures, right? So that you still feel like you still feel like you're you're not working twenty four seven, which is yeah. essentially how I feel most of the time.
0: Yeah, I I, de- I definitely feel that from time to time. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny that you brought up college because that's a very Sensitive subject in the the America these days because it costs so much, and so there's a huge debate of should people be even be going to college anymore. And like I like I see the pros and cons of both sides. But for me, had I not gone to college, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Because right, okay. When I was in high school, it was just something that I did to get a kick out of the kids in class because it was something when I presented school projects, it was something different than anybody else was doing. I didn't know. What, was, did,
4: you, what did you study? Sorry.
0: Uh, I studied uh, f- film, like essentially just film. It's yeah. What, that's what I studied in college. And, but before that, when I was in high school, it was just like general studies. But when we had to give presentations in like English class or hit American history or anything like that, i would always like make these really interesting videos showcasing whatever my topic was and i never knew that that could be a career and then when i went to college i had a teacher that saw that and was like hey you need to take this class and so i took that class and it just took me down the road i'm on now
4: yeah right well that's really let that, see that's really nice of course um so but I I find it interesting because obviously these days it, it, you, it the, you, people teenagers mm-hmm. have so much more accessibility to to quality camera equipment yep. that that produces high definition good and if they're smart good quality content right. Yep. And so and so it's one of those troubling times where it's like, well, is it? Do you need to go to uni? You know, we've got yep. the I've got. You know, my partner, for instance, is, you know, TV presenter and content maker, and he's mm-hmm. got competitors that are 15 years younger than him, mm-hmm. you know, that are teenagers.
0: <laughs> yep. I, I'm going through, I'm 33, right? Or 32, about to turn 33 in the next few months. And, yeah. I've and got, you're experiencing the same thing, I bet. Yeah. And I've got these kids and even the, one of the guys that I work with, he's 40 and we're sitting there. It's like, I've been doing this for seven, eight years. He's been doing this for four or five years. And then there, there are these kids that are coming in that are 21. And it's like doing stuff that I wish I could do. Like,
4: Yeah. And they're doing things. They're doing jobs where they're doing everything themselves. You know, we're, we're it's uh, sadly past the days where we need like a crew of eight people to to mm-hmm. do a job. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, it's fascinating, but um, you, yeah, you just have to trust your um, your abilities and your talents, I suppose.
0: Yeah. It's hard exactly. and
4: adapt adapt more than anything, right?
0: Yep, exactly, exactly. And, but, yeah. Um, I have so-
4: conversations with my dad about you know streaming these. Da- my dad and his friends, because they're all musicians, and about mm-hmm. streaming, and and they and they, you know, they. They don't like the concept of streaming, of course, because the musician isn't making the money that they would if the the record was being sold. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, therefore, we're forfeiting our rates and we didn't even really sign up. We didn't even really, uh, like, sign up for it in the first place. It Mm -hmm. just came out of nowhere yeah and and i'm like look i understand your reservations i get it you know you're angry that you you know you've lost that income but like i'm i'm fortunate enough to be 23 year old millennial and and i've had to adapt to every every step of the way so
5: mm-hmm.
4: i'll figure it out you know like i'm okay with it i'll i'll figure out another 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 line of income within my you know whether it's touring or writing for other people you know yeah. like but
0: um mm-hmm. This day and age in the music industry, you just got to figure out where your income is cuz for some people, streamings where they make their money because they're going to get 20 million views on every song or 20 million yeah. streams. And so they're going to get the money. But for independent artists, yeah, they may get a little bit from streaming, but their money is playing live shows, selling merchandise, you know, yeah. and, like that's where their money is. So it's just a balance of figuring out where your money maker is and then just playing to that, playing to that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately there's still the old stigma of the music business where it's record deal record music, you know, and it's just very like you you're striving for the record deal and it's like, uh, this day and age, you don't really need a record deal to make it big in the music industry. Like Chance the well, Rapper. exactly that.
4: And if you compared that to, you know, you don't need to go to college to be a, a filmmaker anymore. You know, yeah. like so. So everything's everything's changed. I don't. You know, you're so. Right, you're completely right. I don't need a label, and I I don't actually have one. You know, like yeah. I've released everything independently up until now. But now is the time where I'm going. You know, it would be really nice.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. And, laughs> the but-
4: comfort of a record label. <laughs>
0: but here's where the difference is before you were the record label was taking a gamble on you now you're taking yeah. a gamble on the record label you have all the all the leverage over the record label. Like if yeah, you go in if you go in with a huge social media following and the record label sees that they're like well it doesn't matter what they release they're going to get x amount of views regardless you're taking a gamble on if the record label is actually going to help you or not or if it's this is just something that you could have done yourself
5: you Mm. know
0: so right now i think as long as independent musicians have the following they have all the leverage
4: yeah it's um it's. It does make. I mean, it does. Like, it does make it a bit difficult for people who can't obviously get the following. I mean, yeah. it's hard because you don't. You don't. People don't follow you. I mean, maybe this is a generalization, but I would. I would suggest that maybe people don't follow you for your music, mm-hmm. in the first place. They follow you because you post pretty pictures of you know, half your ass hanging out. But <laughs>
0: right. like those, which is those, also. Yeah. Which is also
4: great.
0: Um, <laughs> here, here's the, here to counteract that: the people that are following you because they like the pictures you post, they're not engaged in anything else. Like, so they, so like, like, let's say you're a musician, but you also post those pictures. Yeah, those pictures are going to get you a lot of likes, but they're not engaging in your music because that's not what they came there for. So it, yeah. it, it it's a weird you know weird kind of catch 22 type thing. Oh yeah, it's a it's a vicious
4: cycle.
0: Yeah. But um let, let's kind of wheel it back a little bit and uh yeah. let, let's uh talk about let's start from the beginning a little bit because we we got it off, we got started off hot there and uh what got you started in music?
3: Um, my
4: parents, I would suggest because I grew up in a household of musicians. My mum and dad were both, um, both did music full time. Um, my dad claims that he never tried to enforce or teach me how to play, how to sing and how to, how to play. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I did kind of naturally obviously move that way anyway through through a heavy influence at home. Um, my mom was more the one that was like, "You need to do piano lessons, girl you 're not going to make money unless you can write your own music." Mm-hmm um and so she was having me do piano lessons with which naturally as a you know 10 year old i resented <laughs> and then of course later in life you go oh yeah thanks for that i really appreciate that i now know how to play <laughs> piano and i'm you know taught myself guitar after that so um that was very important very important lessons to have learned um but yeah, and my brother's my brother became a, a quite a successful DJ, uh mm. producer. So, it was really a no-brainer.
0: Cool. Um and then you'd mentioned before like before like everything kind of broke out with the corona deal, um that you had recorded a bunch of music what's what's kind of your creative process like when you sit down to write music
4: um I reckon there's a difference between how I wrote my last album and how I made how I wrote this body of work okay um my last album my my writing process was very much I would journal I would write diary entries and I would have to be inspired by some sort of internal turmoil um, in order to write. And I had to know what I was writing about before I could even start producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very stuck and it, well, I wasn't stuck. It was just like a period of time where I was like, well, how am I supposed to know what a song is, song, what, what song I'm trying to write if I don't know what I'm saying, you know? Um, so, it was, so it came from a very honest, honest place. Mm-hmm. I reckon this, body of work I probably more wrote subconsciously um I started working with a friend of mine Budo and we became a you know quite a power power duo um writing and recording together um and yeah well I mean one of the songs was in was inspired by you know long distance relationship and and some of you know i think that some of them i wrote by just kind of writing the words and then later going oh actually this totally this is totally what's happening in my life right now i often find that sometimes if you switch off and not force yourself to write about something in particular and you literally just write what words that come to your mind then you end up going ah yeah <laughs> that's true
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah um and then What as far as your current body of work that you're in the I guess you're in the process of releasing or figuring out how you're gonna release it. Um how did you kind of decide what you were gonna record? Did you record everything that you had written or did you write specifically with something in mind? You know, how did you kind of decide what you were gonna record for this? Um,
4: There was some uh there were some songs where i wrote um so i demoed everything before i rec- did a final recording okay um and i worked we 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 did a final recording with a guy called alex markwell from um from a band called the delta rigs and that was a great experience but prior to getting to that point of going okay you know what um it, it, we, prior to getting to that point, I would demo everything with Budo in, 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 in his bedroom, you know? Mm. Um, and we'd find and we'd get to the point where we would go, yep, happy with that. That's everything that we need. Now we can take it to the next step and, and polish this off. Um, I, there were some songs that we wrote and produced at the same time. There's a song called long way back, which we literally, um, Got an acoustic guitar, started writing a song, and then instantly got the drum beat, and then just put that down and started. And, and, and both of them kind of naturally formed together. Um, there's some, and then there's another song where I wrote it completely on my own, separate, and I wrote it on a piano almost three years ago, you know. And I was like, hey, I reckon we could do something with this. Um, what was a really fascinating process was that usually when I demo a song myself, and then I take it to someone else to produce it with, to co-produce it with. I, It generally ends up being a version of what I've already written, you know, just a more fleshed out um, a, a build on top of what I've already done and the, and the melodies and the lead lines that I've already done. What I found really fun about working with Budo is that I literally sent him the acapella of a song and go, this is what we're going to work on next week. And then he just went ahead on his own and just made his own idea to the, Mm -hmm. to the acapella. And then of course I come in the next week and I go, all right, let's get started. And he shows this to me and I'm like, Whoa,
5: (laughs) (laughs) hang on a second.
4: You've made it a country, you've made it like a a, a Quentin Tarantino, like country vibe song. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not, that's not at all what I, what I imagined for it, but naturally it grew on me. And, I'm really happy that it did, and that he and that he had that influence on 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 that particular song.
0: Awesome, yeah. That's now when you um for how do you kind of decide who you're gonna work with as far as like a producer? Do do you try and keep when you sit down to do like a body of work? Do you usually keep like the same producer, or have you worked with the same producer for all your recordings?
3: Um, I think
4: I'm still learning about what the best thing to do is. Okay. I don't think it's particularly important to work with the same producer, but I think it's very important to have the same person mix the tracks. Okay. Um, just, just, And that could just be me, my personal thought, but it's important to me to have the same person mix the songs so that all the songs live cohesively in a world together. I feel like other times if you, if you have different people mix songs, then often the, the overall context is lost.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually, yeah. that really makes sense because like one person mixing can mix your vocals a certain way. And then if you bring in a second person, they could mix it a completely different way. And then you have two completely yeah. different sounding songs and it's like, well, these can't live on the same.
4: In the same world. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can have one song that's ready for radio and then you can have one song that's garage rock yeah. style. And it's like, no, that can't, they, those two things, they can't go together.
0: No. Yeah. that, that makes it, doesn't
4: convey, it doesn't convey a brand. It doesn't convey my brand or whatever I'm trying to, um,
0: yeah, release. Yeah. And that, that makes perfect sense. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but now that you bring that up, it's like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah,
4: I have worked with, so for instance, I worked on a, with a different producer on my last record and then I had someone else mix that and, and, and after that I kind of learned, and I mean hindsight's always a cruel, cruel mistress, right? Um,
5: mm-hmm.
4: It wasn't until looking back that I go, oh, actually, okay, this is what I liked, this is what I didn't, this, this doesn't sound right, And this doesn't, but that all came with the experience of then, you know, taking this first body of work that I'd ever made. And taking it on the road and going on tour and playing it live with my band and going, oh, okay, this is how it maybe maybe should have sound because because of course there's a huge difference between a recorded track and then how you play it live and mm-hmm. you can you can take liberties when you're playing live and and change sounds and you know make it work make it work in that in that realm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I was mentioning a little uh, before I before we jumped on here i was kind of looking through your facebook page and a couple of other things just to kind of get a little bit more context on who you were and it looks like you've played or have had a chance to tour out and play a bunch of places yeah. um uh, because i was kind of reading the, uh, in your bio about the uh, beat up rental van in new zealand that, that, was, a, yeah, yeah. that was a very int- cool story Um, and then I saw the, uh, that you played in Japan as well.
4: Yeah, I actually, well, this is the, uh, this is the thing I, I recently played in Japan at a uh, festival called snow machine, which Mm -hmm. was amazing and very fortunate that it wasn't canceled because had it have been scheduled two days later, it would have been canned like every other festival that had had been canceled um, but luckily, we got to forge ahead and um and it was an amazing experience to play in Japan. You know I, I was mm. fortunate one of my friends gave me the opportunity to do it oh, wow. also, it was a killer lineup with just a bunch of friends so <laughs> yeah.
0: and was it a lot of people that you just kind of knew from
4: it playing was... around,
0: or were they people that happened to be from Sydney?
4: No uh well people they were all they were primarily Australians that were on the lineup. We okay. had people like Peking Dark and Illy and the Jungle Giants who are all quite successful touring bands um, so it was an absolute pleasure to be on to be on the same bill as them of course that is the aim. Um, but yeah but, but but they are they are friends like we we do know each other so it was awesome to kind of just pick up everyone picked up and went to Japan and played played this festival in Japan we just got to have this really lovely experience together
0: Awesome and that's then, a great
4: example of um the muse- of the Australian industry supporting
5: each other
0: Yeah that that's really cool that that happened and that you were able to go to a new place like that and be with people that you knew and were comfortable with. So I'm sure it made the experience that much better because it's like, hey, I'm with, yeah, you're with your band who's like your family, but then you also have all these other bands that you know, and it's like, okay, if something were to go wrong or south, you have a lot more support structure that can help take care of any issues that may arise if something were to come up.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we're very, and we were, and and to be fair, like, I mean, with a bunch of touring friends, there was of course, plenty of drama and, and we were all very supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were just fortunate to kind of make it, make it back home safe. Um, which is why uh, we have been currently in, you know, self-isolation as advised. Yeah, that makes,
0: that makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, and then one thing that we had talked about was the um the bushfires that had been happening over in australia back in Jan- it was january correct yeah um and did you you played a a couple of disaster relief shows or at least one didn't you
4: yeah i played one and then there was a second one that got cancelled because of the floods oh yeah <laughs> which is um, terribly
0: unfortunate time <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was bad because um, I think one of the first uh musicians that we uh interviewed doing the fan feedback had just played Bash at the Bush I believe it was which yeah. was um, and that was like the night that was going on they had a typhoon come ashore yeah And so it was like, man, that's, that's just rough. You know, it's, I can't imagine dealing with one thing. And then as that's kind of starting to subside, the thing that puts that aside or puts that out is a whole nother issue that you weren't even ready to deal with.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I had a few friends houses that completely flooded um yeah it's absolutely insane I mean the irony of going of you know praying for rain and then and then getting too much you yeah. know it's it's bizarre it's it's that's natural selection at its finest isn't it um yeah. now now like well, quite recently we did a fire aid ride so Basically, all the motorcyclists in Sydney got together and it was about 600 motorcyclists
5: oh, wow. that went
4: out. And, and the idea behind it, it's, it's run by um, the same people who do the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, which has become an international ride as well. Uh, and basically, the idea was to go out to fire affected areas and pump money into them because obviously, they'd lost all the business. over the summer. Um, And so 600 of us went out to, it's this really um, famous ride called Putty Road, and it's a beautiful scenic ride. Usually, sadly, this time it was burnt to the crisp. It was acres, it was kilometres, acres and acres of just burnt bushland. And as we came around one of the bends, I just... I just started crying, and it was like involuntary. I didn't even—it's mm-hmm. just you, just you—you you see it, and you're instantly overwhelmed with just how sad. And there's not one bird in the sky, you know. Yes. Um, fortunately, I mean, the bush does respond well to 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 fires, and to and that's why we do. it That's why we have a bit of controlled fires is mm-hmm. back called backburning. Um. And, and there was, there was, you know, light on the end of the trees, you know, there was, there was sprigs of new, um, new life, which was really um, humbling to see. But sadly, a lot of the animals got completely wiped out. And of course, all the businesses were completely affected. And now it's, you know, it's not funny, but it's, you know, it's, it's it's bizarre that, you know, my friends and I had been, planning all these trips to fire affected areas to pump money into them and now of course we have no money because we've lost all our jobs mm-hmm. because of COVID-19 yep. so I mean I can only laugh about it because it's it's absolutely ridiculous but um but yeah so the, the um it's a it's a harsh harsh world right now
0: yeah, but you know, it, it's like you had mentioned earlier, it's amazing how much everybody's supporting each other right now. Like, yeah, we're
5: all
4: banding together, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and luckily there's some, I, there's some stuff going on that hopefully independent or freelance creators will be okay for a little while, but if this thing continues if this continues for any substantial amount of time, you know, Yeah, if, then I think
4: if, the government might have to look into um, some sort of subs subsidization.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it'll be, cause like, I mean, we're in uncharted territories right now, so it's, it, it's yeah. really interesting.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, the one of the other things that I wanted to talk about that, I'm sure a lot of your fans knew or know about you were an actor, actress. Yes, I was, I still technically am. Do you, so you don't do it as much anymore? Or you just, that's um, I have,
4: um, I have more control over my music career. Okay. Um, when you're an independent you can i can write songs whenever i want i can release music whenever i want the thing that i often and still do find troubling about the acting industry is that uh you're walking into an audition room and hoping that someone thinks that you're you know thinks that you you look right for the character you know mm-hmm. you're you're at the disposal at, at some of someone else and and I it never really sat right with me. I, I, w- I went into acting really young, so I was didn't have these opinions formed yet. Um, I got booked my first job when I was fourteen years old. So naturally, I'm just I'm just a fourteen year old girl who's bloody stoked because she's going on TV, you know. Yep. Um, but the, but the whole process i just find i, I love acting I, I i absolutely love it and I've been doing plenty of web series and short films with my friend um john paul who who writes amazing um film right and and I find that a, a much more wholesome experience is when you're working with your friends and you know the you've been you've been the character's been written with you in mind because you're you're at the forefront of someone's mind but when you go into to do auditions for network television I'm often finding that I'm just battling the next blonde person next to me and you know ultimately we're probably both talented enough and and good enough to do the job but mm. she might have more followers than me you know yep so mm. um I still act and I still do auditions but I've just you know um had to kind of Clean my hands a little bit of of the cons of the tumultuous nature and the anxiety that goes with it.
0: Yeah, it, as because I've tried to act a few different times, and I completely understand what you mean. Like, like just having no control over anything, it was just didn't sit well with me. Like it felt yeah. like I you'd go into these auditions, and it's like okay I have no control and it's very it it started to mess with my head a little bit because it's like oh I'm not good you know I'm not good enough
4: yeah and I think the audition process is made to intimidate you as well so Mm -hmm. it's not an accurate representation of whether of how right you are for the role it's you know it's it, it it's more People can take it more personally than others, and I think mm. that I started to take it more personally.
5: Yep, and and
4: also, I mean, I'm not, you know, I believe in, you know, everything goes hand in hand, right? So, yep. for instance, one of our, you know, you've got Delta Goodrum and 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 Kylie Kylie Minogue and all these other, all these other, and Lady Gaga, for instance, you know, like all these other singers and actresses who started, you know, who started acting and then their music careers took off or their music careers were very successful and then they sidestepped into acting, you know? Mm -hmm. So I hope that one day I can get to a point where I'm acknowledged uh, comfortably for my music that I can go, hey, also, I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and people might be more inclined to book me.
0: <laughs> yep, very true. And at that point, it's, it, you wanna act, but it doesn't really matter if they pick you or not, because you've got this other, you know, you got this other thing going on. So it, it create, like getting your music career going and then deciding, hey, I wanna continue my acting career. It creates a nice balance, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, it does. That that was just interesting because I I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. Let's we'll definitely talk about that.
4: Yeah, and I still love acting, and I
0: and I still do it. And I think it's a lot more fun when it's like you have a group of friends <laughs> and you just kind of continually create content because for the fun of it.
4: Yeah, well, that's what we've been doing. I, I, I just mentioned my friend John Paul. Like, I've literally. I started working with him three years ago on a web series and now we've done sh- two short films and he's filmed one, m- one of my latest music videos. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've created a, a family, you know, a, a network.
0: Yeah. Yep. That, that's always good to have a, like a fan, like when you're doing film, it's always good to kind of have a family to go to. You know? yeah
4: and we know exactly how we work <laughs> yep,
0: exactly um yeah. you brought up your uh, music videos how much creative input do you usually have with the music videos or do you where, where do you kind of draw the line with it how much input? so interesting
4: you, you say that you ask that question um i often find it really hard to come up with music video concepts because right. i i'm always scared of them being a little too cheesy (laughs) which is obviously not how I want to be conveyed to a broader audience um and so I've or and it's never you know like I've spent so much time creating the music and then trying to sell the music and then I'm like oh I don't know what I want to do for like it's just one area that I'm really not haven't trusted myself or my gut with with creating Mm -hmm. um so um Originally, uh, the first couple music videos, Little Animal and I Hate You, I had my partner, Danny Clayton, he di- pro- directed and produced and edited and filmed, you know, those ones. Um, he's very good at coming up with music video concepts because he worked for 10 years on a music video channel in Australia. So he, he was very privy to what works and what doesn't. Oh, wow. Um, these music video clips. I've got one song called single use plastic, which I, I came up with the idea on my own and I'm really proud of it. Um, and I think, and I actually just shot it on Sunday with a wonderful team of people and a um, producer director called Ash Lim and, um, and I think I'm really pr- I think I'm really proud of it. I mean, I haven't seen the first edit, so I could be completely talking out of my ass. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it's going to be really good. Um, and then there's another music video where um, mm-hmm. the the video the song actually just aligned with a concept that my camera friend, my DOP wanted to make. So so we just rolled with that.
0: Nice. Yeah, and I but think otherwise
4: I suppose I don't I haven't really had much input on my music videos until now where I'm a little bit more trusting in my ideas and my creativity
0: perfect gotcha no that's and I, I think when you you'd mentioned the video that you had just shot this past weekend that you didn't know if it was going to be good or not I honestly I don't think it as long as you think it's good that's all it that really matters like Totally. Because, because if you're happy with it, that means you're going to promote it more. Whereas if you're not happy with it, you're going to put it out. You'll maybe promote it once. And then, you know, so yeah. I, I think ultimately it just matters what your opinion of it is. And then people are either going to agree with you or they're not. And you have no control over that.
4: And I think music videos are one of those things where like, all I know is what I like, mm-hmm. not necessarily what I don't especially before I've made it. So I've tried and tested, you know, there's two music videos that I've made that have never seen the light of day because I've looked back on it and gone, oh my God, no. What was I thinking? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. You know, I have such strong opinions about what I like and what I don't like, but not necessarily when, I'm, when, 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 the, uh, when the idea is in the, um, in the uh, brainstorming
5: period.
0: Yep, understood i i definitely have those i've early music videos where it's just that i've produced and shot and edited and it's just kind of like what was i thinking you know and <laughs> you know going back it's like that's absolutely terrible but back then yeah. i thought it was like the coolest thing ever
5: <laughs>
0: but so but i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know it's middle of the afternoon for you and don't want to keep
4: so much to do
0: (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i know Uh,
4: i appreciate that i know i'm just laughing because literally when i get off the this phone call i'm going to continue researching the stock market
0: (laughs) nice hey you know what that that's that's a smart thing to do like it's Oh, it's definitely
4: a good use of my time. It's better than watching Netflix. I've uh, I watched a little too much of Lovers Blind last night, and I think I feel my I felt myself losing brain cells.
0: Yeah, I started watching Dirty Money last night, and I'm kind of mad at myself right now.
4: <laughs> You're not talking to you. You're not talking to yourself right now.
0: Yeah, kind of.
4: but then I find
0: myself going back and watching movies that I've seen like a hundred times and it's like what am I doing
4: I know isn't that the worst use of time you're like I've already seen this like I'm not adding any value I'm not adding anything to my brain
5: right now
0: yep exactly and it's even worse when you're like quoting the entire movie and it's like I'm not even enjoying this like I'm just reciting the movie like it's not fun
4: what? I have to constantly remind myself of like something Tim Minchin said who's probably one of my favorite songwriters um and he said you know you, you are what you consume
5: mm-hmm. which
4: is too right you know if you watch crap tv shows that's what you know that's what you're adding to to your mind and and that's what you're feeding your mind and and brain
0: yep better
4: yep. to better to watch um better to
0: watch documentaries oh i love documentaries except my yeah. m- my issue is i watch like the drug documentaries the gang documentaries and like all that stuff and it's just like okay th- that's cool and fun but what does it really do to
4: yeah what does it add now i know how to be a drug lord <laughs>
0: yeah pretty much until uh, until netflix starts adding more uh, music documentaries then
4: yeah, um, wouldn't that be good?
0: Yeah. But, um, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, So do you have like a release date for the new music video or is it just kind of once it's done, you'll kind of figure out what the...
4: Yeah, I'm the, thinking late April okay. at this stage. Um, I'm waiting for the music video to be done and then I'll be able to kind of get everything in motion.
0: Cool, cool. And then... Yeah. You usually release that on your Facebook and YouTube,
4: yeah. Yeah, it'll be up on my YouTube and my Facebook and my Instagram. All the details, I'm sure I will be uh promoting it a few weeks out as well. So, awesome. you can follow me there.
0: And then, um, you're also got a bunch of music we talked about it pretty extensively, but you've got a body of work that's been recorded and you'll start releasing it or will you kind of wait and put like an ep together
4: i'm gonna release two singles and then i'll put out the ep together so it's four track ep and i'll release two tracks and then i'll um and then follow it up with the full body
0: awesome that's like i mean honestly i think singles are the way that singles and eps for me are the best way to do things
4: yeah i agree
0: I I, somebody broke it down to me it was like how many people do you know actually have time to sit have the time or patience to sit there and consume an entire lp at this point
4: yeah a hundred percent and then it becomes so what i wanted to say before but i didn't want to come you know didn't want it to sound too negative was like it's quite i was quite deterred by releasing the album because Because a lot of the time like it you know, we get halfway through it and the rest of it falls on deaf ears. And like that's something that I've spent a lot of time and money into making. So why wouldn't I do myself a service by releasing it sparingly and and at the rate that people consume rather than the rate that I I wish to I wish to release?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one question that I'm gonna ask, it's a very vague question but I ask it this way just to kind of give you a little bit of room to answer it how you want to answer it uh, and kind of take it where you want to take it. But why music?
5: Uh, Why music? Because
4: it's an expression, it's a, it's a, it's a way of life. Um, it was, there was never any other option.
0: <laughs> perfect. I mean, that's short to the point and it, yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah. It's a good question.
4: I like it. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Would you rather die skydiving or scuba diving? Skydiving. Yeah. Everyone always goes skydiving.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why, because I have a severe fear of suffocating. Oh.
5: <laughs>
0: and that that's really what it is like because it takes me back to the there was a com, uh, American comedian that used to have this joke about uh it, it, would you rather be shot or stabbed? And his the basically the punchline was he'd rather be shot because when you're getting stabbed it's like you're there the whole time but if you get shot it's yeah. instantaneous.
4: Yeah. See, I whilst I do like that, but maybe the sad, depressive mentality of a musician gets to me, and I really enjoy how cinematic a, a death by scuba diving would be. It would be really beautiful.
0: <laughs> but like you, I, well, like I said, the reason for my answer was I have a, fea- a strong fear of suffocating. Yeah. Whereas. I could see like the mental toll that it would take on me by dying by scuba dive or uh, skydiving, but when you go, you it's go. Yeah, it's instantaneous. Whereas scuba diving, you're A little pretty. Bit slower. Yeah, but no, that's an interesting question. I've never been asked that before. That's <laughs>
4: you're welcome. Go and ask everyone that now. It's great.
0: Yes, nice. I I will because I I have I work with some very weird people and they'll get a kick out of that. So it, it'll be awesome. Um, but so when you're not playing music, what do you do for fun? Like what what do you do in your spare time?
4: This is I this is interesting. I was talking about this recently. I was trying to think of what my hobbies are and I don't really have any. I've been trying to take up painting
5: um,
4: just as another, as a creative outlet that I don't feel pressured to succeed in. Mm -hmm. So I've started painting. Um, I love going to the gym. I've just become over the past kind of six months, become quite addicted to endorphins, I suppose. and I love traveling, so r- road tripping and getting out of town and going camping and surfing and all that.
0: Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And then I take it from the uh, little bio that you have on your Facebook page about the uh, rental car from New Zealand. You're a whiskey drinker?
4: I'm a huge whiskey drinker.
0: <laughs> awesome. It, that That's one of the very few things that w- – that my dad passed down to me because my dad's a whiskey drinker, so like that's the one thing that we uh, have in common is the love of whiskey yeah so that, that kind of stuck out to me like I, I like
4: people together
0: yeah um but yeah so that that's really interesting because is there a huge like whiskey scene in Australia, or is it? Just kind of like something like you give them,
4: yeah. You know, not really. Okay. Um, my love for it probably started when I went to Scotland, okay. um, and I did a huge kind of tour. I well, I just drove around to all the distilleries because I okay. did a, camp, a camper vaning trip, um, and then it, yeah, so it probably started there. And I think you know, when you drink. When you drink um, your first sip of whiskey and it's snowing outside it there's something really um, that really stuck with me about mm-hmm. about that first taste and and associating it with something so wholesome and lovely and mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of winter so I just you know i I had my first experience was um, memorable and I haven't really looked back and now i, I you know Uh, I, you know as you know i just went to japan so i did a drank a a hell of a lot of whiskey in japan
5: (laughs) and
0: And now it's
4: something that i find really culturally interesting about each country that i go to Mm.
0: and so do you primarily like to drink irish whiskey or all kinds of whiskey
4: um i would say scottish whiskey okay and irish whiskey is definitely up there i did do a couple tours when I went to Texas last year, uh, when I went did the Deep South. um, We hit up the Jack Daniels distillery, which I'm sure everyone does. But I found that really interesting because that's a dry county and they have a distillery in a dry county.
0: Oh, you went to Tennessee.
4: Tennessee, yeah, Yeah. sorry, not in Texas. Um, That blows my mind
0: that that's possible. Yeah. It's a, that like in Tennessee and then like even Kentucky, because they are two States right next to each other. That's a very common thing. Like, yeah.
4: Well, it still blows my mind that there's even a dry, that dry States that still
0: exist. Well, and it's not, it's not even so much a state thing. It's a County thing. Sorry. Dry County. Yeah. yeah. Of and it like, honestly, it, It's few and far between now, but it's like when it's really just like the real old school counties. Yeah, right. Like, like as I know, we have a couple of them here in Texas. But it's really not even that big of a thing anymore because most people will just drive across the county line. And buy their alcohol. Buy their alcohol and bring it back.
4: Yeah, of course. Because
0: basically all it means is they just can't sell alcohol
4: so yeah, they go, yeah, yeah. yeah oh i totally understand i totally got the loopholes and all that i just find it so funny that they're one of like one of the biggest exporters of whiskey mm. is in a dry county
0: yep. <laughs> and uh, i i remember that when i because i used to when i was in college i did an internship at disney world yeah I had, uh, there was a lot of, uh, foreign exchange students. And there was a girl from, where was she from? I think she was from New Zealand and she didn't understand the concept of a wet or dry County. And so I was trying to explain it to her because she wanted to go up to Nashville on one of her, like during a break or something. And I was like, well, when you go to Nashville, stop here, stop there. And, like, if you're going to go see Tennessee, and I told her the Jack Daniels distillery, you know, and she was, somehow we got on the uh, fact, or the topic of a wet or dry county, and she just did not understand it. And I was like, okay, here, here here's what, what I mean. And it was a very interesting conversation.
4: <laughs> I know, I just didn't, well, I can understand why she couldn't possibly understand it, because I didn't know it actually existed until I got there like I've never heard of a you know of that like so you know and anyway I I very.
0: the only reason I knew it knew those things existed was because when I was a kid my family used to vacation in Kentucky and Tennessee like we'd go camping down there yeah Um, and so my grandma was from the area we would go But when we went to go visit her family, we had to make, or my parents had to make sure that they brought their alcohol because her parents lived in a dry county.
4: Yes, they had to stock up.
0: Yeah, and so like being a ignorant eight year old, I just knew anytime we were going to see great grandma, we had to- And let's
4: face it, you can't have a family gathering without getting a little bit pissed.
0: Yes, very true. Very true. Um, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Very true. Very, very true. Um, but, you know, it was just interesting because it's like, yeah, it's not something that's very common here, but when you do run into it, it's like, really, this is still a thing?
4: You yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No. The experience I had.
0: But have you... With, was that the first time that you had been to America or have you come over?
4: Um, I had been to LA, which okay. I feel like is its own world in itself. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's, I wouldn't even, you know, consider it part of greater California. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, so I'd been to LA and then we went over to New York. Um, and then it was always my dream to do the Deep South because I am very fascinated by the accent. Yeah. Um and so we went from Charleston to Houston. Okay. And we hit kind we hit, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, Nashville, um Alabama and then got to Texas. Oh nice. Yeah. It was, and, it was bloody amazing. And I'm so blown away by Nashville. I literally did not expect it to be so um, amazing and so filled with nightlife. And, and for me personally, I, I it was probably a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a reconnaissance in a sense that it's, I wanted to see what, what nightlife and what live music was like outside of Australia because Um, in Sydney recently we had, well, we had lockout laws introduced Mm -hmm. a few years ago and now, so it meant you couldn't enter clubs after one o'clock, 1am. And so it meant that obviously everything started to shut down and a lot of areas started to gentrify as a result or possibly, possibly that was the aim in the first place, but who knows, there's plenty of conspiracies out there. Um, And, and so to, to go to Nashville, someone that's so thriving and full of energy and mm-hmm. live music, it was just so overwhelming and, and so warmed, warmed my soul,
0: mm-hmm.
4: filled my heart. It was yep. lovely.
0: I went to Nashville for the first time about a year and a half ago, and I felt the same thing. It was just like, oh, wow, I did not expect this.
4: Yeah, that broad that bro, I think it's Broadway Street yeah. where it's like literally kilometer I don't know how long that is in yeah. miles I still can't understand the difference. Yeah.
5: <laughs> so, yeah.
4: But um it was like, you know, a, a, a kilometer of just venue after venue with live bands but four levels of yeah. like every venue was four levels and there was a band on every level in every venue. Like that does not happen here in Sydney. That doesn't happen anywhere in Australia.
0: Yeah. I went to Nashville this past, or like a few months ago. We were talking about um, the trip that I went on in January. Um, So I went to Nashville, and I actually got to go to Broadway there. And I just, like, I was driving down, and I really wanted to go to the BB King Blues Club. I I had always heard about it. And I was like, you know what? I really like blues music. I, even if I only get to go to one place, I'm stopping at the blues club and I'm going to be happy. Except I went and stopped to go park my car and it was going to cost me like $20 for an hour to park. And I'm like, all right, I, I don't need to go see the blues club that bad.
4: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough.
0: And I was just like, okay, uh, I'm good. Sorry, guys. I wanted to come down here and see the place, but we're not paying $20 to park for an hour and then probably have to pay to get into the Blues Club. It's just not worth it. True. But, you know, there's people that'll pay it. Good for them.
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. I wanted to personally go to the Bluebird Cafe, but Um, I didn't realize that it sold. And this might be a bit you know, I, I watched the show Nashville. So mm-hmm. I was particularly, <laughs> particularly um, curious about Bluebird Cafe, which is, you know, supposed to be a, a hub for singer songwriters.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and I didn't realize that they booked, so that the, the show sold out so far in advance because in Sydney, like, you'd be lucky to sell out a venue on pre-sale tickets. So I just wasn't, I just didn't realise that that was how it worked here. And so I was like, yay. I looked at it the two days before because obviously I was on a road trip. So I didn't know what day I would be in each place.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, two days before I was like, definitely going to be in Nashville in a couple of days. Let's book those tickets. Sold out. I'm like, I was devastated. I even made my partner and I line up for like, because the, the, it said online that there's six church pews. That they that's first come first served, mm-hmm. and and I tried to I got there half an hour early, and there was still a line that was about thirty meters long for yep. those sixth church pews. Yep, and yep. I was like, this is sad. I don't think it's gonna happen. The dream is the the dream has died.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, I, we ended
4: up on Broadway, so it was amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I've talked to a couple of people that have ha- actually had the opportunity to play there. Like they just happened to call at the right time to get booked for a show um and they said yeah it is absolutely incredible it's amazing you know everything that you could possibly think it was it is yeah i've had a couple people tell me that they'd never been to nashville but they had watched the show nashville and then learned about the bluebird cafe and yeah so that's very interesting to me and naturally i'm sure it's become even more
4: popular because of the show
0: oh yeah well that and then if you watch like the voice or any of that stuff everybody on there or anybody from nashville that goes pretty deep in that show like it's just a walking billboard for nashville like yeah yeah totally it's interesting but um but yeah, I wanna uh thank you for your time. I, like I said, I don't wanna keep you too much longer, but that was twenty minutes ago.
4: I know, sorry, I can talk.
0: <laughs> no, you're totally great. It's been an absolutely amazing conversation and we we're definitely trying to figure out a way to come out to Australia. It's just not cheap, you know. It like especially no, when you gotta bring a crew of three, you know.
4: Oh well, let me know when you do, and obviously don't don't maybe maybe leave it till next year because. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that's kind of the plan. Every year we we try and figure out. Like right now, I've got a goal in my head of twenty twenty one to come out to Australia, but yeah. I I'm pushing our like the live and amplified page. We're trying to grow the brand stronger in Australia. Yeah. So that that when we do come out there, it's not like oh, who are these Americans? You know, we yeah. want we want people to at least be familiar with what we're doing, or at least the musicians. You know.
4: Yes, of course. Well, let me know when you do come out, and I will. Um, I'll show you guys around, show okay. you all the cool places to be. Awesome,
0: that would definitely. I live mean- in
4: Bondi, so that's something that you have to go and look check out, of course.
0: Okay. Awesome. I will. I. I'm assuming it's like a suburb of Sydney or
4: Bondi is Bondi Beach is one okay. of the most num f- fam- world famous beaches in the world. I suggest you Google it. Look it up.
0: Okay, I will do that right now.
4: <laughs> yeah, in fact, I'm so shocked. I'm so sorry. I'm so shocked that you don't <laughs> that you didn't know what it was.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. Um. Well. Take care. and um we'll be able we'll catch up when you when you come out next year
0: absolutely absolutely now that i'm seeing pictures of it i didn't know that's what the name of it was
4: ah yeah yeah there you go okay (laughs) most most americans call it Bondi. oh yeah but it's bondi
0: okay gotcha gotcha but (laughs) um once again thank you so much i really appreciate your time uh thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later i hope you guys really enjoyed that interview segment i had an absolute blast talking with pearl the girl it was so much fun she was just so fucking amazing you know it it's really awesome when an interview like that where you have very little context to who the person is or what they're about and it goes that amazing I hope you guys enjoyed it, but I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to blow it up as much as I usually do because that interview put us way into overtime. We're at over two hours already, and we still got a little bit more to go. So let's jump into next week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. And the artist slash band is a group by the name of The Lenores don't know a whole bunch about them other than their name is the Lenores but that's the beauty of this segment I pick a band you nominated them and we get to figure out who they are so that being said if you've seen them play live or you know who the Lenores are hit us up send me your audio feedback it's really simple just take your phone the voice memo hit record and speak for a little bit no more than 90 seconds because we end up chopping it up so no more than 90 seconds and we mix it with the music and we create a really cool intro I'm really excited about this I can't wait to meet the the group and get a chance to talk with them but on a, a little bit more of a serious note usually this is where we do our featured shows of the week where we pick independent shows and help promote shows that are coming up this weekend but since the covid 19 pandemic is going strong right now and a lot of the local shows are getting canceled there you know there's really not much for us to promote so we wanted to take this time to just reiterate If you support a local artist, make sure you're checking out their music. If you have the extra money, make sure you're going buying it. And really do everything you can to go support local music, local artists, because right now they're the ones that are really hurting because they don't have that fallback job to make sure that they can make ends meet. Or if you see them doing a live stream or participating in a virtual music fest, Make sure you check them out and support it and just do anything you can, whether it's sharing a post, liking a video, listening to them on Spotify. You know, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can support them without having to pay them lots of money. But th- I'm going to get off my soapbox on that one. You know, it, it's a we're in really weird times. I'm sure you all have heard it a million times over. But if you support independent music and there's a local artist that you really enjoy and you want to see them continue making music, please just check out their websites, go to their Facebook page or whatever, and just support them any way you can, whether it's sharing a post, listening to them on Spotify, or even as much as buying merch. You know, it all helps, and it's all gravy. So that in light of ha- not having shows to help promote that's i wanted to take a minute or two there and just kind of really reiterate what every musician and freelance creative is going through at the moment so if you can go check them out any of your local musicians or anybody you support and just and just really if and if you have an extra couple of bucks Send it to them, buy their merch, buy a song, or share a post. You know, just do whatever you can to help support them. So we're coming up on the end of the uh, Jam Session podcast here. And it's time for this week's cover song of the week. It This one was sent to me. I want to say it was sent to me about a week or two ago um, by a band that we had on the live cast. Uh, Co- this band by the name of Cody they uh they do a really awesome cover of bad guy by billie eilish and um you know it, they sent me the cover of a live performance that they did and it was absolutely amazing and so i went back into our previous chats and pulled the music video and i wanted to share it with y'all we had some really good submissions this week but for some reason this one just really spoke to me because it's kind of different than everything else that we have on the podcast this week like we did a little bit of pop music we did a little bit of red dirt country and blues and then this falls into the realm of in my opinion like I could be 100% wrong it falls into the realm of a little bit more traditional rock pop rock you know and so I thought this would be a good opportunity to showcase the song, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's not waste any more time, let's get into it. We're do it cool, right? You know this one? Um uh. Now, I know you guys were fucking rocking after that one. That was such an amazing cover song. Like, oh, my God. A rock band does a Billie Eilish cover. Like, holy shit. Come on, guys. We're, let's let's keep it going. I, I really don't have much more to say because it's getting late. I, you know, it, this podcast has gone super overtime, which I'm okay with. I hope you guys are. And if you guys stuck around, thank you so much. It means so much to me. It's it's been just such an interesting week. You know, we've been dealing with the coronavirus and it I don't want to say it's made work an absolute nightmare, but because that's not true. You know, just working in the news industry and then doing the daily live podcast and then the weekly jam sessions and now we're even releasing music videos again on a weekly basis is just absolutely jam packed. I love it. I'm having such a blast right now. You know, I can't even begin, you know, I can't even begin to thank everybody that supports us. You know, every listener that's here every week, every listener that's here every day. Like we release daily content. And this week we've released two pieces of content a day. Like that's insanity. The fact that we have so many people that are actively listening and participating in what we do is amazing and i really really am appreciative that you guys are choosing us to help get you through this pandemic quarantine whatever current situation you're going through whether you're stuck at the house for the next two weeks to 30 days or you're able like me to get out and go to work because you because you have a job that allows you to continue working through this pandemic but that being said my heart goes out to every fucking musician to every fucking waiter anybody in the service industry we're here with you we support you we'll help get you through this the best way we can that being said i love y'all i really really hope this gives you two hours and 20 ish minutes i think is where it's going to fall of just reprieve and forgetting what's going on I love y'all. I love y'all. I cannot say that enough. And I really, really hope you guys have a great week. We got another banger next week. We got another amazing jam session. We got a a week full of videos. We got a week full of podcasts. And it's all going to be amazing. And I know you guys are going to love it. Let's just kick it up to 11 and let's keep it rolling, guys. I will see you all later, Tater and a bag of potato chips.